If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn with me to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 6 through 12 this morning. And if you do not have your Bible with you, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there and turn to page 754. It's page 754 in the Pew Bible. And if you do not have a Bible, then uh, we invite you to take that Pew Bible, and that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word and be able to read it and use it. So please take that as our gift to you today. Malachi chapter 3, we're looking at verses 6 through 12 this morning. Uh, We are are taking a little break from our 1 Corinthians study. Don't worry, we're going to get back to 1 Corinthians. But uh, with Christmas and our transition into the New Year's, we're taking just a little break before we get back to Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Today we're in Malachi chapter 3, looking at verses 6 through 12. Now for the New Year's, we commit to all kinds of things, don't we? I can remember, remember one year that I committed to learning German. Just want to learn another language, and so uh, let's, let's commit to learning German, and I went all out. I went and bought the, the software, spent about 200 bucks on some software, and I was going to really commit to learning German. Uh, the problem with that commitment was there wasn't much reward to it. I really don't know a soul who speaks German, so uh, there's no one to speak German to. There's really, you know, there's not a lot of books or anything out there to read. There's no German TV shows out there. I don't know, Netflix has some, some different language shows. Maybe some of them are in German, but uh, there was really no reward for me to learn German other than maybe you know, find a couple of theology books out there that are in German, but that would really be the only reward. So guess what happened? About two, three months into my German expedition, I dropped German. And uh, that software is in a, in a closet somewhere stuffed away, and, and I don't know German. So uh, we make all kinds of commitments, but sometimes really our commitments need to have some kind of reward to go along with them if we're really going to commit to them. So as we think about that in the new year, and this is that time of year to make new commitments Uh, then I want to challenge you in your commitments and challenge you to make some some commitments that offer great reward. Uh, Last week, I challenged you to read and study God's Word this year. And so I gave you the the reading schedule there from the Machine Bible Reading uh, and challenged you to read bookmark number two. If you did not get one of those, I posted it on Facebook, one, and also, there's some copies out here by the office if you want to grab one of those. And uh, just make sure you study, read and study at least bookmark number two. And uh, you write out best verse, whatever verse sticks out to you on that daily Bible reading. And then best thought on that verse. So that's just a helpful guide to help you get into God's Word this year. Now, you can read more than bookmark number two. You can read all of it if you want to, but as a church, I would just ask you to commit to bookmark number two. Now, that's going to give you reward, right? That's going to give you reward as you begin to study God's Word. You're going to, first of all, you're going to get to know God better, right? You're going to grow in your knowledge of God, who He is, what He has done. Uh, So you'll get to know God better. That's going to 
increase your relationship with him it's going to help you to grow a deeper relationship with god and uh, furthermore it's going to help you to become more like jesus as you begin to study god's word and apply god's word to your life you'll become more like jesus and as christians that man that's the that's the great reward right there we want to be like jesus it's in the name right we are disciples of jesus christ we want to be like jesus and the only way we can be like Jesus is by studying and applying his word to our lives. So I challenge you to read the Bible this year. Start reading the Bible. Get into some kind of program, some kind of habit of reading and applying God's word. That was last week's. Uh, this week, I want to set before you another challenge. This week, I challenge you to commit to the tithe. Commit to the tithe. Uh-oh, I'm messing with the pocketbook now today. Yes, I am. But I want you to commit to the tithe because when we tithe, there is promise of great reward. There's promises of great blessing. So here's our sermon in a sentence, and here's the challenge that I give you today. Commit to tithe unto the Lord and see if he will not bless you. Commit to to tithe unto the Lord and see if he will not bless you. That's the promise that God gives us in our text here in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. He gives us here in this, this text of Scripture three challenges concerning the tithe. And through this, in this challenge, he promises us great reward. Now let me kind of set before you the context of Malachi. Malachi is, of course, the last book of the Old Testament. It was written to Israel, uh, to the Israelites who had come out of exile. So they went, they were in the promised land, and they disobeyed God. They lived in disobedience before God, and so God took them into exile. He sent them uh, by the Babylonians into exile. And that then after the Babylonian empire was conquered, then the Medo-Persian Empire came into place, and Cyrus, the, the emperor of that empire, sent them back, sent them back into the land of promise to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the walls. That was through the, the ministry of, of the, uh, the, the priest Ezra and uh, Nehemiah. They rebuilt the city of Jerusalem, and now they're there. They're in the city. They're in the region and they're, they're living, but things aren't going as planned. They're not receiving the blessings of God. They're not feeling the blessings of God upon their lives. And here comes the prophet Malachi, and prop, the prophet Malachi tells them why they are not receiving the blessings of God. And the reason they're not receiving the blessings of God is because they're not living in obedience to God's word. And there are a number of ways that they're not living in obedience to God's word. But one way that he's pointing out in our text today in particular is that they're not giving the tithe as God requires of them. And so this is one area of disobedience. And I think this is one area that we see commonly disobeyed in the church. Many people in the church fail to tithe as God asked them to tithe. So... We're going to see that here in our text today. So if you found your place in Malachi chapter 4, or excuse me, Malachi chapter 3, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. 
Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. Hear the word of the Lord. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the day of, days of your father you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your soul. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, as we consider our text this morning and this charge from the Lord to Israel, uh, we see that this is a charge for us as well. This is a charge for the church today. This is a message for the church today. And we see here that the first challenge that the Lord sets before us is with uh, concerning the tithe is this repent from disobedience repent from disobedience look at the first verse there for i the lord do not change therefore you o is o children of jacob are not consumed from the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Now, we need to understand first and foremost, and I want to make sure that we get this clear, that salvation is by grace alone. We need to start with that foundation. As we talk about giving unto the Lord, as we talk about tithe, as we talk about obedience to the Lord, across the board, we are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our works of obedience. We are not saved by giving money to the Lord. We can't buy our way into the good graces of God. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and we see this in this text. For even Israel, the nation Israel, was saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and God's salvation alone, though they did not know the full revelation of that salvation in Jesus Christ at that time, that it was by grace alone, through faith alone, in God's salvation alone. We see that in our text. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, uh, therefore, you O children of Jacob, are not consumed. 
You see, God recognizes that the the people of Israel had disobeyed him from the get-go. Ever since he established them as a nation, they had lived in disobedience to, to God. Even to the point that God took them out of the land of promise and sent them into exile because of their disobedience. But God says, I don't change. Therefore, my promises do not change. Because of your disobedience, you deserve, you deserve to be consumed. You deserve to be consumed by my judgment upon you. That's what you deserve. That's what he's telling the people of Israel. That's what you deserve for your disobedience. You deserve to be consumed, but here's the good news. I don't change. And I remember that promise I made to your father Abraham back in his days. And I promised him that I would save a people for myself from his lineage i would save you therefore i haven't consumed you and the same message is for us today yes we are called as followers of jesus christ by god's grace through faith alone in christ alone we are called into salvation unto the lord we are saved by god's grace alone in christ alone But as we come into that relationship, we're called to obedience unto the Lord. Our obedience doesn't save us. Because daily, I know I for one, I sin daily. I don't like my sin, I don't want to sin, but it's just in my nature to sin against God, to disobey His will. Daily, I do that. So I praise God that I'm not saved by my obedience because I would be consumed by God if my salvation were, were uh, dependent upon my obedience to his will. I would be consumed in his judgment. My salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, period. Because of God's saving grace, I am not consumed. By God's saving grace, you are not consumed when you disobey, would disobey his will. So salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and in Christ alone. So I want you to know here, if you're here today, or if you're listening in, and listening into this message today, you will not be saved, you cannot be saved by giving your money to God. If you think you can put some dollars into the offering plate and win favor with God, that's, that won't work. If you think you can do any kind of of good deed and win favor with God, that's not going to work because you are condemned before a holy God for your sin and your disobedience to his perfect will. The only way of salvation is by trusting in Jesus Christ alone. He alone is the way to the Father. He alone offers us perfect righteousness and his perfect righteousness so if you've never trusted in jesus trust in jesus there's no other way to the God, to the father except through jesus salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone but when we come into that faith when we trust in christ and and surrender our lives to christ then blessings are conditioned upon our obedience. Blessings are conditioned upon our obedience. That's what we see here in this text. These people 
are, are the people of God, right? He's brought them into the land of promise, but they're not receiving his blessings. Things aren't going as, as they think they should. They're, they're living in, in destitute. They're living in poverty. Why? Because they're living in disobedience. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. They're living in open disobedience against the fathers, to the Father's will. In many ways, but in this particular text, they're living in disobedience by not bringing in the full tithe into the house of the Lord. They're living in disobedience, therefore they're not receiving the full blessings of God. And you know, that same truth is true for us today as Christians, Right? We should understand this. We should know this, for even the New Testament tells us as such. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. It is for discipline that you have, in, have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seem, seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I can remember as a child growing up, my parents set before me certain rules to live by. Now, if I obeyed the household rules, then things went well for me, right? I, I received the blessings of being a gamble and living in the gamble household. My parents took care of me. They made sure there was food on the table. They, they uh, you know, made sure I had a, a truck to drive and, and uh, you know, it worked and got me to school and to work and all these different places I needed to go. They, they made sure I was taken care of. But then when I broke the rules, there was discipline. There was discipline. I was under the curse of breaking the household rules. I can remember one time in particular, I broke the rules. And so my dad said, all right, hang up the truck keys. Right? I was able to drive from home to school and then to, to work out on the farm. But that was it. I was grounded. I was under the curse of breaking the rules for disobedience. And so it is with God's children. God wants you to be holy. He wants you to be like Christ. And if you're living in disobedience, whether it be in relation to the tithe or anything else, 
If you're living in a disobedience to the will of God, you will not enjoy the blessings of the Father. You will receive the curse of the Father. He will discipline you because he wants you to be like Jesus. He wants you to be like Jesus. He wants you to enjoy the fullness of life in Jesus. So he will lovingly discipline you. Now, maybe you're living today and you, you realize that. Maybe you know, you know that you're living in disobedience. Maybe it's not the tithe. Maybe it's not the tithe. Maybe it's something else altogether. I'll be honest, this church is good at tithing. That's why we, we I mean, we surpassed our budget this past year because this church has a lot of good givers and a lot of you are faithful to tithe. Some of you probably not. Some of you probably are not. Maybe you give a little here and there, but you're not faithful to the tithe. But maybe tithing is not your thing. Maybe you're faithful to the tithe. Maybe you're faithful to give what God has called you to give. Maybe you give even above that, but there's something else in your life. Something else in your life. Something else that's, that's keeping you from living in obedience to the will of God. Something that, that you know it's there, you know it's, it's not God's will for your life, but you keep clinging on to it. I'm not talking about the, the daily sin. We, we all have these moments that we slip up here and there, but there's something in your life that you're holding on to. You know it's in your life. You do it day in and day out. You know it's disobedience against the will of God. God is saying, I'm going to discipline you for that. You're not going to see the full blessings of my grace as long as you have that in your life because I don't want that for you. I want better than that for you. I want you to be like Jesus. I want you to be like my son. And you are living under a curse. You're living under discipline rather than receiving the full blessings of God in your life. God's challenging you today. He's calling you today, repent from your disobedience. Return to me, and I'll return to you. Repent from your disobedience. Come out from under the discipline of the Lord to enjoy the full blessings of the Lord. Repent from your disobedience Second. out of order here so the first challenge for us today is to repent from disobedience now if you're a christian that that repentance means dis, whatever it is whatever it is in your life that you're living in and disobeying god you know it's there whether it's tithe or something else turn away from that let it go stomp it out of your life and turn to obe obedience in the lord if you're a non-believer here today, if you've never trusted in Christ, your first move is to repent. Repent from your lack of faith. Repent from unbelief. Turn to Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Trust in him today. That's what repentance looks like for you. Trust in Jesus today. So the first challenge is repent from disobedience. The second challenge that we see here in our text for you is to commit to the tithe. Commit 
to the tithe. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Now, there's some principles that we need to understand as we, under, as we begin to, to think about the tithe, what the tithe is, how it's to be done. There's some principles that we need to understand first and foremost. When it con- concerns the tithe, we need to understand, first of all, that God owns everything. God owns everything, right? He is the creator. He created everything. These pews, the, the wood that these pews are made out, they are, are uh, th- God created them. God created the wood, right? He created the, the fiber and the money that is in your pocket. He created you. He gave you life. He gives you breath day after day. He owns you. He owns everything because he created everything. It all belongs to him. Everything belongs to God. Well, no, no, no preacher. I, I work hard, right? I work hard. I'm made to make a living. I, I made this money. I earned this money. I earned that. I earned the money to buy this truck. I earned the money to buy my house. I earned it all. You earned it because God gave you the ability to earn it. He gave you the intelligence to to work and the physical ability to work and make a living. He allowed you to accumulate a retirement fund so that you can draw that today. Everything that you have belongs to God. It's all His. He spoke it into existence with a word. Let there be. And he can take it away just like that. God could drain your bank account tomorrow if that be his will. God could end the world with a word. He said, let there be. He could say, let there not be anymore. And it would all be gone. God created everything. Therefore, God owns everything. But here's a wonderful truth that God graciously provides He graciously provides. He gives to us. He provides. He he gives us ability to work in community and and, and to to raise money so that we can live off of it, right? He gave you the ability to work. He gave you the ability to save. He gave you all that you have. He graciously provides for you. He causes the sun to come up day in and day out. He causes the rains to fall so that the crops can grow and provide us food. And those crops not only feed us, but they also feed the other animals that we uh, later on will consume, right? He provides it all. He gives us everything. Everything that you own is a gracious gift from God is a gracious gift from God it's a part of his gracious provision God graciously provides for you dear friend whatever you have God provided it for you and that it's not just for Christians right because God causes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust alike every human being whether they believe in Jesus or they believe in God or not are recipients of God's gracious provisions. 
God is a gracious God. Even when we're living in open disobedience towards him, he graciously provides for us. God owns everything. God graciously provides. But here's what God requires. God requires, as he graciously gives to us, he only requires 10% in return. He requires 10% in return. That is, to to return 10% back to him as an act of, of, of thankfulness, as an act of worship, saying, thank you, God, for this provision I return to you what you require, at least 10%. That's the the word tithe there. He says bring in the full tithe. 10% literally, or the the tithe, excuse me, tithe literally means 10%. We see this in Leviticus chapter uh, 27, verse 32. We see it worked out more specifically. Every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth, animal of all that passes under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the lord right so the tithe is every tenth sheep that goes under the shepherd's staff the israelites were predominantly shepherds and and farmers and so when we see in the old testament it talks about herds and it talks about crops because that's what they did and he says for the the herdsmen out there who is herding the sheep or herding the goats or herding the cows, whatever he is herding, uh, for him, whatever he is shepherding, for him the tithe is every tenth animal, right? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That, that one belongs to the Lord. Now, one out of every ten, even in Louisiana math, is ten percent, isn't it? Right? It's ten percent. And so that's what the tithe is. It's ten percent. 10% of what God has blessed us with is to be returned unto the Lord. And it's a full 10%. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 says, You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. That is, he says there, from all the seed, all the yield, from all the yield. You, you take out 10% from all of the yield of the seed. Whatever crops you raise, 10% comes out for the Lord, the full 10%. That means it's, it's based upon gross income, right? It's based upon our gross income. All that the Lord gave us. That means God gets his before Uncle Sam gets his. It comes from our gross income. Whatever the Lord has blessed us with, we're called to give at least 10%. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that's Old Testament, preacher. That's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. That was on the, about the law. We're all about grace. Well, that's great. But let, me, let me just you know, kind of inform you how Jesus approached that. According to Jesus, grace amplifies everything. Grace amplifies everything. Jesus says, the law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you have lustful thoughts with a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery already. The law says, thou shalt not murder. But I say to you, if you are angry with a person in your heart, if you have that desire that leads to murder in your heart, you've already murdered them. You're guilty of murder. 
So grace amplifies. So when we talk about, you, you want to say, well, well, that's the Old Testament law. God just commanded 10% in the Old Testament. We're in grace. Well, God, grace commands even more. You see, we shouldn't stop at 10%. We shouldn't even stop at 10%. We, we should be willing to give freely and openly out of all that God has blessed us with. He gave us so much. He gives us so much. Especially as Americans, we are so blessed. Even the poorest of our poor in America is rich in worldly standards. And we who are not in that, we who are in the middle class and above, we have been abundantly blessed. How much more above 10% can we give to the Lord and to his works? Grace commands much more than 10%. But we start there. That's just the starting point. God says, that's where you start. And as you grow in your love for me, oh, I'm going to open up those hands even more, and you're going to be willingly give so much more from the manifold blessings that I bless you with. So we start with 10%. We, we give 10%. Now, I want you to know that the average Christian doesn't give 10%. According to statistics, the average Christian, uh, on average, Christians only give about 2% back to God. 2%. The average Christian, now there's a lot of Christians who give 10%. There's a lot of Christians who give above 10%. But when you average in those who are professing to be followers of Jesus Christ, active churchgoers, when you average in what people give, what Christians give, the average Christian gives 2% of their income back to the Lord. God's given you all of this. Whatever God has blessed you with, he says, you take 90% of, of what I give you, you take it, you use it, right? You live off of it, you, you, you enjoy it as a blessing in your life. You can even use it for recreational purposes, right? Enjoy life with 90%. Just give me back 10% as a thanksgiving, as an offer of thanksgiving. Give back 10% as an act of worship. Showing your, your gratefulness for my blessings. And the most people just only, at, at most, they give 10, 2%. Now, as I say, this church is great when it comes to the tithe. And uh, probably, I would, I would go so far as to say that the majority of people in this room, you tithe. But there's a few. There's a few. You're failing. Maybe you're giving 2%, maybe you're giving 1%, maybe you're not giving a blasted thing. You're living in sin. Hear the challenge of the Lord. Give, give, give 10% of what the Lord has provided for you. Give, commit to the tithe, commit to giving 10%. If you don't, if you don't, here's what we see in our text. You rob God when you fail to tithe. You rob God when you fail to tithe. 
Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. When you fail to tithe, dear friend, when you hold back and refuse to give at least 10% of what God has blessed you with, you are robbing God. You are robbing God. Dear friend, don't steal from God. Don't steal from God. Commit to the tithe in 2021. Commit to the tithe in 2021. Every time you get paid, whatever, however that payment comes to you, whenever you get paid, the first check you should write or the first debit card transaction that you should make, whatever the case may be, should be to God. It should be to God. And make that check out as 10% of the gross income that you are receiving. Whatever the check is, the gross amount, before Uncle Sam gets his, give 10% back to God. And give to God by giving to the church. Give to God by giving to the church. And I, I need to make that clear because a lot of people have confusion about this. Well, well, 10%, I, I can tithe and give to uh, the International Mission Board. I mean, that's a good cause, right? I can tithe by giving to Care and Hope. I mean, that's a good cause, right? No, that's not what God tells us. Yes, those are all great, great and wonderful places to, to give money to, but that's not the tithe. What does the text say? This text says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, now in this text he's talking about the temple in jerusalem and there in the temple in jerusalem they had the storehouse and in the storehouse people would bring their tithe into the storehouse and, and from that storehouse then the the levitical priest would be paid out of that they would make a living out of that they would get their food from that uh can you know uh, maintenance issues within the temple would be taken care of out of the tithe. They would repair the temple and make sure God's house was kept in order. And, and so your tithe is to brought into the storehouse. For us in the church, that storehouse is the general offering. It's the general offering. So you can't designate your tithe. Your, design, your tithe comes in to the general offering so that Myself and Keith and Marion and, and uh, Ken, and we, we can all get paychecks. And Larry can all get paychecks, right? We, we, we make our living serving the church. And so you support us through your tithe. We keep these lights on through the tithe. We make the repairs through the tithe. When you bring in that tithe, it, it comes into the church so that the church can function and do the, the ministry of the church. We, we pay to do outreach when we can do outreach. We're not in COVID and we can do outreach. We, we, we pay for outreach and, and those types of things through your tithe. 
anything above that, if you want to give to the love offering for Jesus, if you want to give to the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, Care and Hope, any of these other good places, if you want to give up, that's above and beyond. That's a free will offering above and beyond the tithe. But your tithe comes into the church. Now, even in that, as a church, we tithe. As a church, we tithe. We, we tithe to the cooperative program which then takes money and, and it sends money to the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board and, and all of these other good Southern Baptist institutions. You support them through the tithe, but your tithe comes into the church. Everything else, that's above and beyond the tithe. That's a free will offering that you give unto the Lord. But you bring the tithe into the church. So, Commit to the tithe. Commit to the tithe in 2021. So God's challenge is to for you today is to repent from disobedience, whether that be the tithe or anything else, but also commit to the tithe. Commit to the tithe. And then when you commit to the tithe, test God's faithfulness. The third challenge here in this test, in this text test God's faithfulness now we need to remember this that scripture demands us uh, demands that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test so says Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 Jesus quotes that verse when he's he's being tempted by Satan and Satan's tempting him to test the father in Matthew 4 7 and, and Luke 4 12 Jesus says thus says the Lord you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's true. We should never put the Lord our God to the test except when he invites us to. When he invites us to, we can freely t put him to the test. And that's what he's doing here. He says, put me to the test. And thereby, look at the second half of verse 10, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God invites us here to put him to the test. Commit to the tithe and put him to the test. And what do we see? What are we testing God here? How are we testing God here? As we put God to the test, we are testing to see if God will not bless your faithfulness. Test and see if God will not bless your faithfulness. He says, see, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need. Test my faithfulness, God says. If you're faithful to me, I will be faithful to you. Test my faithfulness if you will faithfully obey me as i call you to obey me if you will faithfully give the tithe as i call you to give the tithe test my faithfulness test if i will not be faithful to you and then he says test to see if i will not provide your needs test to see if i will not provide your needs god will provide for your needs Test me and see if I will not open the heavens 
the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Now, we need to circle that word, highlight it, and all the above there. We need to look at that word. Notice he says, till there is no more need. Now, a lot of people have come to this text and say, oh, well, God will just give me all that I want. Right? This is a get-rich-quick scheme right here. And then if I tithe, if I give, uh, if I give $10, God uh, uh, give me 100 If I give 100 God will give me 1000 If I give 1000 a, a just a little seed money, then God will give me 10000 And I've heard it preached like that. But that's not what the text says. It doesn't say God will give you what you want. It says God will give you all you need. He will take care of your needs. He doesn't say that he's going to make you a millionaire because you're faithful to the tithe. He said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make sure that you have what you need in this life. Now, you may not think you need it. Sometimes God gives us things that we don't think we need, but he knows we need it. And we trust him faithfully in that, that whatever he gives us in life, He's going to use it for our good. And ultimately, it's going to be what we need to give us life and to make us more like Jesus. Test me to see if I will not provide for your needs. God will provide for your need. Now, Marybeth and I, we experienced this in our life, and many of you experienced this in your life. I can remember when we first got married, I can remember, you know, we went to church and, and uh, not so faithful back then. It was hit and miss, I'll be honest. Uh, but when we were at church, you know, uh, the plate would come by and we'd feel like, I need to put something in the plate. And so I would look in my wallet and we didn't have two dimes to rub together back then. I mean, we, we weren't, we were poor. I mean, uh, I had a little old job that I made barely over minimum wage. She was going to school, working part-time here and there. We didn't have a lot of money to, to give anyway, but, you know, the offering plate would come by, and I would look in my wallet, and if there was anything there, well, I might p pull out a couple of bucks, a five, a ten, if I was really feeling generous that day, and I would throw an offering plate, and I felt good about myself, right, because I was giving to the Lord. Well, not long after we got married, thankfully, the Lord convicted us of, the, us of this, and not long after we were married, we began to be convicted that uh, it wasn't just give what you got in your wallet. It wasn't just to throw God a, a little change here and there. God was calling us to tithe. He was calling us to tithe. And so we, we sat down with the, the checkbook and the bill, you know, our catalog of bills there, and we looked, whew, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how this is going to work because everything that we got over here, all we got coming in, it's going out. I don't know how this is going to work, but we said, you know what? God said tithe, and so we're just going to do it, and we're going to trust him. He said test him, so we're going to put him to the test right here. And so we started writing out that check. Every time I get paid, she got paid, we'd write out a check, 10% of the gross that we made. We'd write out that check. We'd put it in an envelope to take it to church the next Sunday. And you know what? God blessed us. No, we weren't living high off the hog, 
Sometimes we'd have to call up mom and daddy and say, what y'all having for supper tonight? Right? We're going to come and join you. But God blessed us. God blessed us. And it was amazing to see God work in our lives as we began to be faithful to the tithe and we get this unexpected bill in. Oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay this thing? And, and next thing you know, we're opening up the mailbox and there's an unexpected check. Or somebody just says, Lord, Lord's just telling me I need to give you this money. And, and every time it was enough to pay that unexpected bill. We put God to the test and he proved faithful. And he provided for our needs, and he still provides for our needs. Even this past year, we've seen sometimes, we've, we've had some stuff come up. We had an air conditioner go out. How are we going to pay? It was July. We were getting it fixed, right? How are we going to pay for this? And the next thing you know, there's, there's some money. It, it appeared, and, and it was enough to pay for the air conditioner. God still blesses us. He provides and he will provide for you. Put the Lord to the test and see if he will not provide for your needs. God will bless your faithfulness. God will provide your needs. And God will reveal himself through, uh, to others through you. You know, as we've lived in faithfulness to the Lord, the Lord has allowed us to be uh, a kind of a... a just a, a light to other people people look at our lives and they say man what are you doing we're faithfulness right and god's blessing that when, when people look at your life and you're living in obedience to the will of god and god's blessing you uh, because of your obedience people notice that and they begin to say i want what you've got <laughs> I want what you've got. Tell me, how do you get it? And you're able to be a witness. That's what the text says. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Oh, when we're faithful to the Lord, people take notice. And we're able to draw people into a relationship with Christ because of our relationship with him. Oh, dear friends, commit to the tithe. Commit to the tithe and see if the Lord our God will not bless you. Christian, today if you've failed to tithe in the past, forget past failures. Forget past failures. That's what sin is. It's a past failure. Forget that past failure. Forget that sin. Turn away from that sin and turn to God. Turn to obedience unto the Lord. Commit to tithe from every paycheck in 2021 commit right now commit to tithe from every paycheck you make in 2021 and see if god will not bless your life i, I can i will almost promise you this I, I i will promise you this in six months if you will commit to tithe tithing off of every paycheck for six months at the, end of six, at, at the end of that six months, you will see God working in your life so that you'll not want to quit again. You'll want to tithe because you will see and experience the blessings of God in your life. 
So commit to the tithe in 2021. Now, if you're an unbeliever here today, the tithe does you no good. The tithe does you no good. You might as well keep that money in your wallet because it will do you no good. The first place that you need to start, the place that you need to start is by turning away from your unbelief and turning to Jesus Christ. Turn to him. Trust in him. And he will give you a new life. And then when you have that new life, then give unto the Lord with a grateful heart. But first, trust in Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you bless us with. Lord, you have given us so much. How could we ever think about robbing from you and holding back just that little bit of amount that you ask us to return in thanksgiving unto you? Oh, Lord, I am so thankful for a church that, for the most part, believes in the tithe. Lord, there are so many here who are so faithful to the tithe, and I thank you for each and every one of them. I thank you for the work that you have done and are doing in their lives. Thank you, Lord. But, Lord, I know that there are others. They've, they've, maybe they're just learning this. Maybe they're just learning about the tithe. Or, or maybe they've just felt like, as I felt in the beginning, I just can't do it. This paycheck's too small, Lord. I just can't do it. But, Lord, let them... Let them feel your challenge today. Let them put you to the test so that they may build their trust in you. They may learn greater, deeper faith in your provisions by trusting you with the tithe. And Lord, I know certainly that there's those here or are listening in who've never trusted in Jesus. Oh, Lord, let their first step be trust in Christ. Let them turn to Jesus today to trust in his, his saving grace. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.